0: Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. You know, I was raised in a Christian home. My daddy was Sunday school superintendent. He was elder of the church where we went, and... uh, I remember as a young boy, I remember holding daddy's hand as we were walking down the hallway of the Sunday school annex and he would stop at every door, you know, like good Sunday school superintendents would do, open up the door, make sure the teacher's there first, make sure that all the students are behaving, that, you know, the teacher has all the materials they need. And uh, he he was a man that throughout my early life that I wanted to pattern my life after. He set that kind of an example. Uh, at night, he would tuck me into bed. Uh, he was teaching me and training me to commit the 30, 23rd Psalm to, to uh, memory. And then uh, we would say the Lord's Prayer together, and and, uh, and then he would whistle me to sleep. I tell you, it's just amazing. But, you know, as good as my daddy was and as, as, uh, as straight and as good, wonderful and an integrity person and and just outstanding character there's one thing my daddy didn't teach me and that is how to be born again because even though my daddy was a christian he wasn't part of an evangelical church and see that was never that 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 was never aware to him even though he was a saved man and so that's why throughout my pastoral career i've always encouraged Young parents that have young children, the, your first responsibility, you know, you preach to your children the gospel, and then after you preach to them the gospel, then you demonstrate to them the gospel, and you expect them to do it. And if you do that with the love of God, I tell you, I'm I'm so tired of running into preachers that get behind a pulpit and preach, and yet I know their children. I know they're thieves and they're liars and they're just one step ahead of the law and things like that. And it's because, you know, what they see at home is not what they see behind the pulpit. Well, that's one of the reasons why I'm so glad I'm here at Impact Family Church. Actually, I've been sitting on G, waiting on O, ever since Brother Edwin uh, asked me to come over and preach because I know this is a ministry of excellence. This is a ministry where the Word of God is preached. So it's my honor and privilege to be here Uh Tonight, Amen. And uh, so I'm I'm growing up, and uh, the age of twelve, we joined the Baptist Church. You know, the following Sunday night, you know the routine. Following Sunday night, we're baptized in water, sign the membership card, go through all of those uh, rituals. But here I am. I'm a member of a church, and I'm not even born again. And so when I began to uh, change out of You know, childhood into adolescence, I began to look at things from a worldly perspective and got into a lot of different stuff that I'm not proud of that I will not talk about tonight. Amen. And then one day I walk into, I I meet a young girl by the name of Patsy Fowler and I never saw a girl, and I was really after the girls, I never saw a girl, there was something about her. I didn't know I'd never seen another other girls. as a matter of fact, one night I looked at her and I says, "I don't know what it is you've got, but whatever it is, I want it and I'm going to get it." And then she didn't have any earthly idea what I was talking about, but I knew exactly what I was talking about. And of course a few months later I found out what that was. That was the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And that was back in 1971. Well, I lived a nominal Christian life for 10 years. But then in 1981, God began to stir me up, and I began to commit my life to prayer, and I began to commit my life to studying the Word of God. And, and I was first introduced to Brother Hagan in 1975 down in Titusville, Florida. And uh, I would love to be able to tell that story, but we just don't have enough time. But anyway... I began, to, uh, I began to read Brother Hagin's materials. And uh, what I would do is, at that time, 1981, I was working graveyard shift uh, for a major uh, retail comp- corporation. And uh, I'd clock in at 11.30, clock out at 8.10, I'd be home by 8.30. I'd kiss the wife, I'd see the children, and then I'd go and get a few hours sleep, sometimes uh, three hours sleep. And the first thing I did when I woke up is I hit the floor on my knees and I spent the next 30 minutes praying in tongues just as hard and as fast as I could. And then I began to study the Word. I'd take Brother Hagin's books and I'd read them over and and study them and and look at uh, the Scriptures that he would bring out and just begin to establish in my heart and life, you know, the plan and purpose of God. That's that's God's plan and purpose for each and every one of us. You know, develop a prayer life, develop good study habits, disciplines. Amen. You know, people who want to to excel physically or want to excel mentally, intellectually, they have to have disciplines. Well, we as believers in Christ Jesus, we've got to establish disciplines. And the first thing we did, which I did not do the first 10 years, is I never really established a prayer life. I prayed, but usually it was when we were at church and things like that. You know, when you're a Church of God boy, you know, you're expected to dance up and down the aisle, swing from the chandeliers and do all that kind of stuff. And believe me, for the first few years I was a Christian, I did it and enjoyed it. But the problem was when my, hit, when my feet hit the floor, I wasn't standing on the Word of God. All I was doing was standing on a bunch of emotion. Well, after a while, emotion wears out. And so what do you have left? You know, when all the props are knocked out from underneath you, what's left? Well, it better be the Word of God. It better be faith in the Lord. <clears throat> and so I began to God began to stir me up. I began to pray. I began to seek God. And then uh, in 1983, I sensed the call to go into the ministry. And so we made preparations in 1984. I went to Raymond, graduated in 86, moved, like I said, moved my family back to Jacksonville, settled in the Orange Park area, uh, began to pray and seek God for what the Lord had for me. And lo and behold, in 1988, here I wind up in Sopchoppy, praise God. And if there was ever a time I needed a prayer life, it was when I went to Sopchoppy, but there's some things that I remember uh, hearing Brother Hagin say. And I read it in his books. And one thing in particular stuck with me. And that was he made a statement. And I'm sure if you've read his books, you'll know exactly what, I'm, what, I'm, uh, what I mean. He says, the word ask, and he was talking about the, the, uh, uh, the scriptures in John 14, 15, and 16. That's Jesus' upper room discourse. That's what you know, scholars uh, title it. He said, to ask means to demand. And of course, without having studied that out, I just accepted that because anything Brother Hagen said, I accepted it. And especially when you couple that with, you know, the teaching on the authority of the believer. And uh, so over the years, I began to, to pray. And of course, you know, when you develop a prayer life, the Holy Spirit's going to help you. He's going to take you places that, you know, that you, that you need to go. He's always going to lead you in the right direction. And so uh, we began to develop a more authoritative prayer life. I remember one time uh, when we were still living in Jacksonville, this is before we ever uh, pulled up roots and uh, uh, moved out to Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Uh, There was a neighbor and he was into running and he liked to do marathons and he was running down the the street and for some reason he stopped at my house. And so I, you know, said hey to him, and he came walking over to me. He wanted to talk, so we took him into the living room. We were talking to him, and he was living just a few streets down from where we live, but he had a neighbor uh, directly across the street. Now, uh, the only way that I could describe this family is that they were related to the Jesse James gang. That's who these people were. And they got into a tussle, and uh, I mean, just an argument, you know, how some neighbors just can't seem to get along. Well, these these folks, they were the persecutors. They should have written a book, you know, entitled "The Persecutors," because they persecuted this fellow. And one time, the, the you know, my friend was working out, you know, raking the front yard, and the and they the family they drive up, park, you know, right there in front of the house, and the sun now the sun gets up holds up a handgun, and he says, you see this? This is what I'm going to shoot you with. And so one evening, you know, the, my friend and his family, they're sitting at the uh, dining room table eating supper, and all of a sudden, here comes a 22 bullet right into the room, right, shatters the picture glass. And so here his family is down on the floor, you know, wondering, you know, are we going to make it out alive? Are we, are we going to be shot? And so they call the police and the police come and say, well, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. So evidently, as far as the police is concerned, somebody has got to be shot before they do something about it. And so he was distraught. He didn't know what to do. And so here we were just starting to get a hold of the things that Brother Hagin was talking about, about authority and prayer. And so uh, Patsy and I, we said, all right, what we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer of agreement. And we're gonna pray right now in the name of Jesus that these people are gonna have an about face. They're gonna have a Jesus moment. They're gonna turn about face, they're gonna repent, you know, and God's gonna repair this thing. Or if they're not gonna repent, we're gonna pray and agree that they not just leave their house, not just leave the neighborhood, but leave the county. Get as far away from you as possibly can. And we prayed that prayer. We prayed it in the name of Jesus. And then a couple of days later, I'm, I drive to visit my mother and she lives two houses down from the, this whole mess. And as soon as I drive up, I see on this, this, this Jesse James gang house a for sale sign. And I walk in and I says, Mama, did you know that their house is up for sale? She says, Yes. Not, Ill, not only is the house for sale... But they've already moved out. They loaded everything up and left. And I didn't, you know, have any idea where they had moved to until one day I was going down Lem Turner Road, crossed over from Duval County into Nassau County, and lo and behold, you know what I saw? Just on the other side of the county, the son's truck parked in the driveway. (laughs) Just over in the county. That, to me, was mind-blowing. And at that early age in my my development, I began to see, wow, what the authority we have in the name of Jesus. And of course, Patsy and I in in life and ministry, we've seen that replicated over and over and over again. But uh, Pastor mentioned I've got a radio program. And and, uh, a couple years ago, I went through the Gospel of John. And I was studying, preparing uh, for you know, the broadcast, and I was in chapters 14, 15, and 16, which, like I said, is, you know, scholars call that the Upper Room Discourse, and I began to notice something. I began to notice how many times the word ask. Jesus was saying ask and ask, and, and uh, I began to look at this word and come to find out it's the Greek word, I which absolutely means nothing, if you don't have the definition, amen. And uh, but now this word "ask" in the in the English New Testament, there's a variety of words that are translated "ask." There's about seven different words translated with "ask," and and so I, I'm studying this out, and I, I'm I'm looking at this, and I come to find, it and I came across this, and this made so much sense to me because I, then then I caught what Brother Hagin was talking about. This word, Aiteo, it's spelled A-I-T-E-O. And it's separate. It, of course, it's translated ask, but it strictly means to make a demand for something that is due. And boy, that, that excited me, to make a demand for something that is due. And first, it kind of tripped me up because, then it, you know, I began to think in my mind, I'm just, what? Well, we're going to demand from God we're going to command God and uh, and I said that that can't that can't possibly be right and I mean we don't demand anything from God he's God amen but i realized that that's that's not that's the wrong definition of this word demand and so really this word demands like we all have a a deposit savings account at a bank and so Savings bank deposits are also called demand accounts. Where any time you have, you have the authority, you have the power, any time that you want some money, you, all you have to do is just walk into that bank, fill out a withdrawal slip, hand it to the teller, and the bank is obligated to give you that money. You're, you're putting a demand upon that which you have in deposit. And I thought about that and I said, wow, praise God, Amen. Well, how much money does the bank have? Well, a whole lot more than I've got in it, but it's enough. Amen. And then I thought about electricity in your home. You know, you have electricity power that comes to you through wires from a power source, the power company. And of course, that power is fed into a substation, and out of the substation is fed into your home, and you know, into your you know electrical panel, whether it's you know 200 amp, 400 amp, depending upon the size of your home. And then out of that panel, there's feeder wires that go throughout your house. And you can take electrical devices and you can plug every one of those receptacles up. You know, uh, fire up your heating and air conditioning and your air conditioners and your dishwasher and, and everything. And every time you flick a switch, what are you doing? You're putting placing a demand upon the power that's supplied By that power company. And as long as you pay your bill, you'll have power in your house. Amen? And even when you don't pay your bill, the the power company gives you a little bit of grace period. Amen? We all know that to be true, right? Well, I mean, think about the demand that God placed upon the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross in His death, burial, and resurrection. Was Jesus able to deliver? Oh, yes, He was. Amen? Praise God. Matter of fact, the Old Testament uh, prophet talks about all of creation being God's handiwork. But then he talks about how that his arm brought forth salvation. Think about the power it took, the power in the kingdom of God it took to bring Jesus at just the right time, at the fullness of time, to, to be made sin for us who knew no sin so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Amen? Praise God. So we're talking here, when we're we're talking about this Greek word, aiteo, we're talking about placing a demand upon this rich storehouse of God that He's already provided. You know, we'll call it the kingdom of God because everything that you and I need as believers is in the kingdom of God. There's nothing standing outside of the kingdom that cannot be supplied. Amen? Praise God. As a matter of fact, you know, God created all that we know, the heavens and the earth. He did it standing outside of space and time. He created the space and the time and then spoke everything into existence. And he knows every, he counts every hair of your head. Amen. He knows how to subtract. Praise God. He's been subtracting, you know, on my head for quite a long time. Amen. As a matter of fact, I told uh, my hairdresser, you know, it looks like I'm going to have to wax up here. I'm getting to look like, I'm getting to look like my brother. Praise God. But, uh, but he owns it all. Think about the power company. Think about how much power is generating out of that power company. Not just coming into your home, but in hundreds of thousands of other homes. And every time you flick that switch, you expect that light to be turned on, don't you? I mean, you don't even think about it. When you open up the refrigerator, amen, that light comes on. Amen. Praise God. When you turn on the TV, the TV comes on. As a matter of fact, if you flick the light switch and the light doesn't come on, that's when you're surprised. What's going on with this thing? must be the bulb. Amen. But yet, we in the church, we're so afraid that if we turn the switch of faith on, it's not going to work. See, our thinking is in reverse. Amen. And so when I began to study this out and I began to see uh, what the Word of God and what the Holy Spirit has to say about this, it, it has revolutionized and is revolutionizing my prayer life. Amen. I was thinking today, People to say, well, you know what? I'm just a-waiting on God. I'm just a-waiting on God. What are you waiting on? I mean, what is God waiting on? Waiting to do what? Something that He's already said He's going to do? Amen? Waiting until you get righteous enough so that He'll be able to bless you? No, all we've got to do is turn the switch of faith on. Amen? Praise God. And you know, and, and I found this truth out, and of course you know this, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. It doesn't take a lot of time to talk God into something that's always always already His will to do. I mean, it doesn't take God a long time to talk to talk Him into healing. It doesn't take Him, doesn't take us a long time to talk Him into blessing us and, and prospering us. Amen. As long as we do the discipline. We'll get the reward. Amen. Praise God. Because he's already, he's already uh, predetermined that, that he's going to bless his children. So what I want to do tonight is I want to, just for a few moments, I really don't know how much time I have. Um, pastor said I could take all the time I wanted, so I'll just do that. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So let's look at this word, you okay? But before we do that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful today for all your goodness, for all your mercy, for everything, Lord, that you do for us through your wonderful grace that you daily load upon us, Father God. Thank you for the strength of God that comes through your word. Thank you for the Holy Ghost that empowers us, teaches us, leads us, guides us, directs us in the way that we are to go. And Father, we'll be sure, amen, to follow the Holy Spirit Lord, and to honor and appreciate your word, Father God. So speak to us tonight, and we'll give you praise, honor, and glory for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. All right, this word, I tell you, is number 154. It's found in the Greek New Testament, and it means this. It means to ask. It means to beg. That's how it's been translated now. It means to call for, to crave, to desire, to require. All of this, all of, all of these definitions now set this Greek word ateo apart from all other words that are translated ask. Now there's several of them here. There's uh, one word, I'm not even going to uh, bore you with the pronunciation. It means to inquire or to ask. In other words, to ask, to question, to request, to beg, beseech. Another one, to ask, inquire, seek. Another one, to ask again, to require. Another one, to test, to ascertain, to interrogate, and to ask. Used three times, that particular word. But this word is different from those because it strictly means to make a demand for something that is due. Amen. Now, you're not demanding from God. You're not demanding from God. As a matter of fact, He's not going to do anything where it's not His will to do I remember one time, Pastor, and there were some people in my church, I got so mad at them, I started praying, Father, I turn them over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that their spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. (laughs) And the Holy Ghost spoke up and said, you can't do that. (laughs) Well, I guess that means I'm going to have to forgive them and love them (laughs) then. Amen. Praise God. But when it's His will, it's not hard. It's not hard. It's not hard. We don't have to spend a lot of time talking Him into it. And I find find so many saints of God, they get on their knees and they're trying to talk God into something where it's already His will for them to have it. Amen. It's just a matter of placing a demand on it. Praise God. Amen. He owns the cattle on the thousand hills. He owns the hills. Silver and gold belongs to Him. The heaven and the earth belongs to him, everything is his. Amen. But he says this. He says now, he says, but the earth now I've given to the children of men. Actually, the real inheritors of the earth is the church. Amen? You agree with that? Praise God. So we're going to look at just some verses of Scripture. So uh, first, what I want us to do is I want us to turn to Matthew. We'll start in Matthew. And we'll just see how this word is used. And then we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up. Amen. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 8. Notice what Jesus says here. Be not ye therefore likened to them, for your Father knows what things you have need of before you ask Him. See, he's already co-signed that into your heavenly bank account. I remember hearing a story one time about a fellow died and went to heaven and Jesus met him at the portal of glory and, and of course they loved one another and greeted one another and then Jesus says, come here, I want to show you something. And so he leads this saint of God to this huge, gigantic warehouse. Biggest thing he's ever seen in his entire life. And he and Jesus walk into this warehouse and they're walking down and all of a sudden they walk in walk up to this door and this is guy's name over the door. And he opens up the door and they walk in and, and this guy's looking around and he sees all these blessings. They're hanging from the ceiling. They're hanging on the walls. And the fellow asks Jesus, what is all this stuff? And Jesus says, these are all the things that I had for you when you're down there on earth, but you never asked me for. It. Boy, I tell you what, that would be quite a shocker to get up into heaven and to walk into our storeroom and see all these things that in life were laid up for us, but we never placed a demand upon them. I tell you, we we just we need to do some asking, don't we? We need to do some asking. So, Jesus said here, He says, Our Heavenly Father, He knows what we have need of before we ask Him. He's not running around saying, You know what? I don't know. You know this. So and so needs that. Do we have it? No, we got it. Praise God. He's got it. Amen. If He's the God of heaven and earth, if He's all knowing, if He knew us before we ever came into this world, Amen, don't you know that He's got provision for us? Praise God. All right, let's go over to, uh, well, just flip the page over to chapter 7. This is probably a very familiar uh, verse of Scripture to us. Verse 7, ask and it shall be given you. Ask, see that's the Greek word, I tell you. Make a demand upon my rich storehouse and it'll be given you. Praise God. I don't know what that does to you. Boy, I tell you, that gets me excited. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Ask and it shall be. There's not a greater force in the English language than shall be. Amen. When God says shall be, guess what? It is. Praise the Lord. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh Receiveth Now, whoa, 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 let's go back up, verse 8 again. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. For everyone that asketh, for everyone that places a demand, amen, upon this rich storehouse, amen, for everyone that places a demand upon whatever they need. Jesus said, what did Jesus say? He receives. He receives. Well, why do we have so many believers that have such need? You know, I was thinking the other day, Psalm 23. When do you hear Psalm 23? When do you normally hear Psalm 23? At a funeral. Right, exactly. The only time we ever hear Psalm 23 is at a funeral, but yet Psalm 23 is such a psalm of faith. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Whoo, glory to God, amen, hallelujah. David knew a little bit more than some folks in the church did, didn't he? Praise God. No, everyone that asks us receives, and he that seeks finds, and to him that knocks, it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? God's not going to give you something that you don't ask for. I know there's a lot of people get behind a pulpit and say, oh, you know, you pray for this, you might get something else. Well, if you pray for something, you get something else, it wasn't God to give it to you, amen. Hallelujah, praise God. All right, well, let's just move on. Let's go to another very familiar uh, passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 18. This is our agreement Scripture, Amen. This will shed new light on the prayer of agreement. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever things you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. That's verse 18. Again, I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask. That's the Greek word I tell you. Two coming together, making a demand. Husband and wife coming together making a demand. I remember years ago, this was around Christmas time, December, I was figuring up my tax bill for the fourth quarter and I come to find out I I, I owed the government $1,500. I didn't have $1,500. I mean, I did not have $1,500. And so I said, well, Lord, you know my need. Now, I claim that $1,500 because you said I could. Now, Satan, I remind you that that $1,500 belongs to me. It's not you, so get your hands off of it. And I'm just following what Brother Hagin taught us. Now, Father, I ask you to release the ministering spirits, and I say, ministering spirits, go! In Jesus' name, and cause that $1,500 to come in. That was it. Case closed. I forgot about it. January the 12th, now the tax bill is due on the 15th. January the 12th, I get a check in the mail from an unlikely source. Of all places, an insurance company. Whoever gets an unexpected check from an insurance company? For $1,529 and a few odd cents. I mean, tax bill pays, praise God. I hold it in my hand, you know. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that your word is true, that you're true. Amen. Just simply placing a demand upon that which is due. Why does it do? Because God laid it up for us. He didn't lay it up for the world. You got these crazy, wild-eyed billionaires thinking that they're going to change the country they're going to change the world. Let me tell you something. god got His hand. I'm not going to get into politics. Don't, don't, get, you know, don't get worried. God's got His hand in the United States of America. He's called this nation to preach the gospel throughout the whole wide world. And as long as there are saved people... <laughs> In the world, there's going to be a United States of America. Amen? All right, we'll get off that subject right now. All right, Mark. Now, this really opens up the meaning of this word. Mark chapter 6. I want you to look at this. Amen. Verse 22. I'm going to read 22 through 25. This is the incident where um, John the Baptist lost his head. Amen? He lost his head, he he was dead, but aren't you glad that he got his head back? Amen. And when a convenient, verse 21, and when a convenient day was come that Herod on his birthday made a supper to his lords, high captives and chief estates of Galilee, and when the daughter of the said Herodias came in and danced and pleased Herod and them that sat with him, listen to this now, the king said unto the damsel, ask, the Greek word iteo. Ask of me, whatsoever you will, whatsoever you will, whatever you want. I, as the king of this kingdom, I'm giving you the authority to ask whatever it is that you want. And I will give it. And he swear unto her, whatsoever thou shalt ask of me, that's the Greek word, I tell you again, I will give it thee unto the half of my kingdom. Boy, that gal must have been a dancer. Praise the Lord. And she went forth and said unto her mother, What shall I ask? I tell you. And she said, The head of John the Baptist. Now listen to this. Look, verse 25. And she came straightway with haste unto the king and asked, saying, Notice how she says this now. I will. That you give me, by and by, in a charger, the head of John the Baptist. And even though the king was grieved at her request, he granted it to her. Because he had the authority and the power to do it. He gave to Salome the authority to ask whatever she wanted. And that's what she wanted. She made a demand for something that was due. Why? Because the king said she could. Amen? Amen. And when the Bible says that I am the God that healeth thee, when He says I will bless your bread and water, I'll take sickness away from the midst of you and the number of your days I will fulfill, Amen. He aims to give it to us. And all we have to do is to make a demand for it. Praise God. That's what we're doing. Amen. We're doing that. We're not commanding God. We're do that. It's already laid up for us. Amen. If pastor were to give his son a Lamborghini, for instance, spend all that money on a Lamborghini, do you think Greg would say, well, I don't know if it's dad's will for me to have that. If dad said, it's yours, and had handed him the keys, guess what Greg is going to do? He's going to drive that Lamborghini, praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Let's, uh, here's another one in Luke. Luke chapter 1. I'm taking more time than I had planned, but, uh, but anyway, praise the Lord. We'll just, uh, we'll just end when the, when the Lord says, shut up. And he has told me to do that a few times. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now, all right, this is, uh. Let's go, back, let's go back up verse 59. Let's get the full idea here in this, in this passage. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, Not so, but he shall be called John. And they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father how he would have him called. Notice what Zacharias says. And he asked. Give me a writing tablet. Give me something. He motioned, give me something to write on. Making a demand for something that is due. And wrote saying, his name is John. Well, what do you think, dear? You think we ought to name him John? No, he already knew what he was to be called. His name is John. Amen. Just like we say, my God supplies all of my need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I know this because He's already said it. By His stripes I am healed. How do I know that? Because God said it. And I believe it. And that settles it. It's done. Amen. Praise God. Getting back to that people saying, "Waiting," I'm just waiting on God. I'm just waiting on God. You know Is there anything anywhere in the New Testament where it tells us to wait on God? I know we we wait on Him in prayer. When we're praying, you know, worshiping, we're waiting on Him, you know, fellowshipping with Him, drawing near to Him. But I don't, maybe you do. I I don't recall anywhere in the New Testament where it says when we're talking about this subject now just to wait on God. What it does say in Ephesians chapter 6 it does say this, having done all to stand, stand therefore. Amen. Because when you step out by faith and you say, you know what? I claim this in the name of Jesus. It's mine. I claim my bills paid. I claim my healing. Amen. I claim every need met in the name of Jesus. Guess who's going to come to challenge you concerning the words? And we're going to get that into that in just a minute. Who's going to challenge you well, partly what's going to challenge you is your flesh, if you don't have your flesh under, or your mind. I tell you, there's sometimes i wake up in the morning and the first thought hits me, i say, oh dear God, the first thing that runs through my mind: oh dear God, what am I going to do about that? Hey, Amen, I was telling my wife, you know, sometimes I get grumpy and cross and, and get in a bad mood and. And then I've come to realize, well, you know what? I had not been spending any time praying in the Holy Ghost either, have I? And my wife says, yeah, you sure haven't. (laughs) Amen. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Do it for what purpose? Keeping yourselves in the love of God. I tell you, there's a wonderful thing called praying in tongues, praying in the Holy Ghost. Getting us stirred up praise God, hallelujah gets so stirred up and says, man, I tell you what, I'm ready to take on the devil. Praise God. Amen. Give Give me that bowl of nails. I'll chew on them a while and I'll swallow every one of them. Praise the Lord. Amen. See, God edifies us and builds us up. Now, what does that have to do with what we're talking about? I have no idea. Praise the Lord. But anyway, we're talking about asking making a demand for something that is due. Salome made a demand for something that was due because the king said, well, whatever it is, you want it, you can have it. Amen. And Jesus said of the Father, it's His good pleasure to give us the kingdom. What's in the kingdom? More than you and I could ever desire or ever have Fulfilled or complete in a thousand, million, trillion lifetimes. Amen. God has it all for us. Praise the Lord. Amen. Somebody say, praise God. God. All right, let's go to James. We've got several other verses that we could look at. And I would encourage you, if you have a... Uh, Bible software, or if you have a Bible concordance or anything like that, you look up that word, number 154, and then try to get all the verses of Scripture 71 times in the New Testament and just go over each and every one of them. And by doing that, what happens to you is you'll get an idea because the Word of God is a flow. It's progressive revelation from start to finish. And there's always a message There's always a message in the Word of God when you study. Amen. And so we need to be students of the Word, don't we? Keep us from falling. That's the reason I backslid, you know, after almost ten years of my Christian experience because I wouldn't establish, I didn't go about establishing a prayer life. I didn't discipline myself with good study habits. Amen. And so I wound up backsliding for about a year. But then that's when God began to stir my heart because He had a place He wanted me to be and a way to get there, praise God. All right, James chapter 1. Let's look at chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. If any of you lack wisdom, let him, I tell you, of God. It's already there. It's already provided. It's just a matter of flipping the switch. Let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Once again, not a stronger force in the English language shall be. It shall be given him. Amen. And of course, the Word of God teaches us and shows us, you know, how we seek God for His wisdom. Amen. I mean, you hold to the Word of God. You've got to stay with it, praise God. Stay with it, stay with it, stay with it. Don't give up on it. I know a lot of times, and and I'm no different than you are, you know, you're, you're sitting here trying to be true to the Word, trying to be true to prayer, and all the time your mind is screaming at you. One time I got so frustrated, I said, God, what is the matter with you? And God said, nothing. What's the matter with you? You mean I'm the problem? <laughs> Amen. So whenever we point our finger at God and say, What is your problem, God? Remember, we got uh, three point back at us, you know. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. But let him ask in faith. Verse 6. But let him ask in faith. Once again, it's the Greek word I tell you. Nothing wavering. See, that's a prerequisite. That's qualification. He that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. I tell you, I got a friend of mine, he's diabetic. Been diabetic for a while, and it's starting to affect his eyes. And I'm ministering him, praying with him. And then, you know, he leads worship, and then he'll turn right around in a Sunday morning worship and say, you know, I can't read, I'm going blind. And I'm thinking, oh, I wish I could get hold of him. Amen. These things got to be in you. I mean, you got to stay with it. Amen. Just stick to the program. Isn't that what dietitians tell us? Just stick to the program. And you'll do well. Praise God. All right. Let's go over to uh, chapter 4. And then we'll go through one more verse of Scripture. Praise God. Chapter 4. Now look at this. From whence comes war and fighting among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members, ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and obtain, cannot obtain, ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. You ask; all these are the same Greek word. I tell you, and receive not because you ask amiss. Now, this word amiss is the Greek word kakos, and it means bad. That's really what it means—bad. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss. You ask with bad intentions, and a lot of times that's the reason why we don't get our prayers answered. It's because we're asking what we're asking for the wrong motives. Amen. Like one time in a prayer group years ago, this lady came to the prayer group. She says, I want you all to agree with me. And I, I can't remember. It's something like, I want a, back, this was years ago, I want a $100,000 house. I want a brand new car and this and that and the other, all these things that she, you know, wanted us to agree with her about. And she didn't have the foggiest idea how to get it. She thought all we had to do, you know, was just agree, and it just, you know, God's just going to open up the windows of heaven, and here it comes, praise God. I see that car coming down. I better get out of the way. It's going to hit me right in top of the head. Amen. And then they and they believe God for three days, and it doesn't come, and all of a sudden they decide, well, you know, this is not God's will. You know, and then they regress. They start going the other way. It's like years ago we used to pray. You know, somebody would have a need. We'd pray, Oh, if God doesn't undertake, so and so's going to die. And then so and so died. And we'd look up to heaven and say, Well, I guess it just wasn't God's will. And then one day it dawned on me, Wait a minute, whoa, 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 wait, wait a moment. God's already undertaken, He already went to the cross. He already was made sin for us. He was laid in the tomb. Three days later, He rose again. He's already promised that He's going to be our healer. Amen. I tell you, that changed my thinking. That changed my thinking. You know the, uh, the man at the pool, Bethesda? There's two words, and this is in, uh, where is it, Pastor? John chapter 11. Is it? No, John chapter 5, I think, right? There's two words and, and we'll move on. But uh, I preached on this and uh, folks that I was preaching to it went in one ear and out the other. But anyway, that's another story. Notice in verse 3 it says, And these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, halt, blind, halt, withered, waiting, waiting for the moving of the water. And Jesus walks up to him, and he says, Wilt thou be made whole? In other words, do you want to be healed? What does the man say? Sir, I have no man. Son of God standing right before him. I mean, wasn't Jesus a man? Didn't Jesus ask him, do you want to be made whole? What does the lame man say? Sir, I have no man. See, looking on the horizontal plane. Just waiting for the stirring of the water. I'm waiting for the stirring of the water. You know, and this is a problem in the church. We're just waiting for the stirring of the water. So when that water stirred, we'll just jump in. Amen. God, God does not deal that way with us. Putting out fleeces, like Brother Hagin said, you do that, you're going to get fleeced. No, the Scripture teaches us, and Brother Hagin taught us, what God's requirement is. And James says, but let him ask in faith nothing wavering. The only way that you and I are not going to waver is we have to be absolutely convinced of the truthfulness of God. That is called faith. When we are fully persuaded that God is true, that He cannot lie, and what He said in His Word, He'll do it. He did it for brother so-and-so, and He's going to do it for me, praise God. And so when I pray and I say out of my mouth, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, whatever the mountain is, I don't know what it is, whatever it is, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. See, the Word of God is can't just be in here. It's got to be down here. That's how we transfer it. It's got to be in our heart to get up in our head. Amen? But shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Amen. Now, is that just the pie in the sky saying that Jesus told to his disciples, or is it real? If it was real for them, it's got to be real for us. Amen. God means it. Amen. He's not a liar. All right, now, Luke chapter 4. I learned this from Randy Greer. And it shocked me when I said it because I've been reading Luke for many, many years, but yet I never noticed this. You know how when teachers get under the anointing, they point things out? You know, like Pastor Edwin and Pastor Angela, they'll say something that is nothing new to you. You've heard it before, but all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just shines a little pin light on it. Amen. A little flag goes up in your spirit. Oh, you know, I better spend some time in that. Amen. Well, Brother Randy quoted this verse of Scripture. It set something off on the inside of me. And I was, when I was meditating this passage, you know, it, it, to me it tied it all together. Because it's one thing to give a principle. That's fine. Principles are fine. Making them work. That's the deal. When you get these things so solid on the inside of you. Amen. That's the deal. That's what makes it work. Then you can have faith. Faith begins with the will of God is known, right? All right. Luke chapter 4, verse 36. And they were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this! For with authority and power He commandeth the unclean spirits and they come out. Notice those three words. What a word is this. What a word is this. What a word is this. For with authority and power He commands... The unclean spirits and they come out. Word, authority, power. Those three, those three power. those three principles right there. Word, your words of your mouth, authority, and power is what enables you to command whatever it is. In this case, it was spirits to come out. It could be command Satan to get his hands off your money or your household. Or command the devil to get on to get out of your mind. Amen. We got a whole multitude of people walking around with depression. I used to be depressed. My wife would tell you when the family troubles got so much, so so tough and such stress on me. I would go into a bedroom. I'd turn out all the lights. I'd, I'd draw the shades. I'd sit in the corner, and I just over and over again. I'd think about my problems. And the more I thought about them, the deeper I got. To the place where I was just totally unresponsive. I wouldn't talk to children. I wouldn't talk to my wife. My wife would say, what is the matter with you? And I wouldn't even answer. And then one day as I began to grow in these things, suddenly I just woke up and I said, wait a minute. You know, this fit of depression would come. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't have to put up with that. I don't have to have that. I don't have to receive that. I don't have to yield to that. I come against that in the name of Jesus. I will not be depressed any longer. And guess what? Like a cloud, it just lifted. We have multitudes of people in the church. They're on anti-depression pills. They're on this pill. That pill, you know, they're, they're running here and there. And all the time, they've got the answer right here. The words of their mouth, the word of God in their heart. And this is what what the Israelites said of Jesus. What a word is this, that with authority and power, he commands the evil spirits and they come out. Praise God. I tell you, glory be to God. There's more power in us than what we realize. And it is power. It's not just authority, it's power. Well, I'm going to tie all this up. All right, let's go to John chapter 14. I said we were going to get over to John chapter 14, 15, 16, but we'll we'll stop right here in John chapter 14. Well, yeah, I guess so. Verse 13, notice what Jesus says here. He says, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name. That's the Greek word I tell. See, there's our authority right there. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Remember what Herod said to Salome? Whatever you want, I'll grant it. Amen, that was an earthly king. That he died and went out into eternity unprepared to meet God. But now this is Jesus speaking to us from the throne. Not just the throne in heaven, but the throne of our hearts. And he's saying this whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, whatever it is, in line with his will now. Like Brother Hagan talked about one fella came up at the end, of the end of a meeting and said, I want you to agree with me for something. And Brother Hagan, all right, what is it you want us to agree on? And the guy said, Do I have to tell you? And Brother Hagin said, of course, if you want me to agree with I've got to know what we're agreeing about. And he said, well, I want you to agree with me that God will give me so-and-so's wife. I'm sure Brother Hagin did a double flip and said, well, you know what, I don't think I can agree with you on that. But I can not agree on this, amen, that you need to get born again. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, now that's authority. God has just delegated lawful authority. I like the way Henry Harrison called it lawful authority. There's lawful authority and there's unlawful authority. When Satan comes in and knocks down your door and starts taking your children and taking your checkbook and taking your livelihood and taking your health, that's unlawful authority. You have a right to stand up to him and say, No! You've come this far. You're not coming any further. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Command you to leave this place. And James says, If we resist the devil, what? He'll flee. and Start raving terror. So Jesus has already given us the authority. Whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do. There's the power. That will I do. So as long as the words of our mouth are lining up with the word of God, in line with what God says that we can have, amen, and we're walking in, in unison and in unity with Him, we're walking in one with Him, Amen. You know, sin short circuits everything. Brother Hagan said, if you're in sin, the devils will laugh at you. But, amen, I if you're walking in the power of God, they're afraid of you. So we've got to stay out of sin. We have to adopt this rule. If we do, because things happen, don't they? We're not perfect. Like that one lady Brother Hagin was talking about, would get up and testify, I'm sanctified, holy, and cannot sin. Remember that, brother? I'm sanctified, holy, and cannot sin. And the neighbor kept throwing his chickens over into her yard, and they were eating her garden, and so finally she got tired of it, walked out, wrung that chicken's neck, and threw it back over his yard, and say, there, let that, let that serve you. And then had to go throughout the neighborhood apologizing for everybody because she sinned. Some of you may think she was just. Well, personally, I kind of feel like she was, but anyway. Maybe we should have, Maybe she should have kept the chicken and served them dinner one night. I don't know. But anyway, ye shall ask, note verse 14, ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Anything that God says we can have, we can have it. Just got to prove it out. Now, it's not going to come raining down us like ripe cherries off a tree. You know, I'm praying, where's it at? I'm praying, where's it at? No, you, there's going to be some standing. You're going to have to stand. Amen. Having done all to stand, stand there. Uh, you know, I, Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 18, I don't know of a stronger passage concerning prayer than that one right there. How you stand against the wiles of the devil. First thing you got to have is you got to have that loin belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. We were made the righteousness of God in Christ. That means we're in right standing with Him. That means all the promises of God are yes and amen. Praise God. What do you want? What can I have? Well, find out. And you've got to have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. got to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That's part of the warfare that you and I are going to have to fight. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. Amen. Hallelujah. But above all, taking the shield of faith, whereby we quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. For what purpose? Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the the Spirit. Now, my Baptist brothers think that's just, you just got to pray a little bit harder. But us Pentecostal Charismatic folks knows what in the Spirit is, isn't it? Amen. I tell you. God's got an army marching through the land Amen. We hear all these news reports about the church going down, membership going down, everybody's dying, dying, dying. Well, let me tell you something. Church ain't dead. Not going to be dead. The church has got just as much power today as it had a hundred years ago. Amen. Praise God. You and I just don't hear about it. I mean, when preachers can leave America and go over to Africa and see all kinds of miracles, I'm sure Pastor Edwin could... Fill up a whole week just talking about the miracles he's seen. Amen. It's people just hungry and want truth because they're not getting it. We've got the truth. We need to be preaching the truth. Amen. Praise God. All right. Pastor, come help me. What we're gonna do, if it's all right with you, Pastor, we're just gonna spend a little time praying. Come on, babe. We're going to pray. We're going to spend some time praying. Now, if you want to stand up, fine. That's great. If you want to sit there and just make your chair, your altar, that's good. Amen. Is there something on your mind that you need from God? What is it? What is on your mind that you need from God? Something in your heart that is pressing upon you. Whatever it is. I don't know. Unless the Lord reveals it. But now you take this Greek word iteo and you start placing it in a man because pastor can't provide it. Pastors can't provide it. Amen. God's the one that has the, He's the power company. Amen. Just begin to turn the switch of faith on. Hallelujah. All right, you ready to pray? And we're going to spend some time praying now. And what I want you to do is I want you to pray. And whatever it is that you need, I want you to start placing a demand upon that in the Spirit. Amen. If a Scripture comes up to you, that's good. Praise God. You go with the Scripture. If you know you have a need, but you don't know what the Word of God says about it, then you better find out. Better get in there and get two or three Scriptures that you can memorize. Amen. And you can hold this up before the Lord. Put put God in remembrance. That's a good thing. But more than putting God in remembrance, you're reminding the devil that he doesn't own you. And that what lack, what want, whatever it is, amen, that's not how it's going to be. Because God always calls those things which be not as though they were. That's the thing that impresses me about Abraham. He just followed God. Amen. Now, if God calls those things which be not as though they were, then we can do the same thing because we're children of God, right? All right, you ready? Praise God. Amen. Father God, we just come before you now in the name of Jesus. We just love you with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. There's no God like you. Father, you keep covenant. You show mercy to a thousand generations of them whose hearts are right towards you, Lord. Hallelujah. You are the faithful God. You are the God that is truth. Hallelujah. There's no lie in you, praise God. Every word of God is perfect, praise God. Every God, every word that you have speak, spoken to us through your word, Lord, is truth. And Lord, we believe it. Every word of it. Every word of it that's in the Bible, Lord, we believe that, Lord. And we trust in you now, Lord. We trust you. We're not trusting the doctors. We're not trusting the banks. We're not trusting the news. We're not trusting current events. We're not trusting the things that we can see. Lord, we're not looking at the things that we can see. We're looking at the things that are not seen. For those, Lord, those are the things that are eternal. Hallelujah. We thank you for your word, Father. And we say this in the name of Jesus. We're healed today. From the top of our head to the soles of our feet, we are every which whole. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Father, you said in your word that my God, you are my God. You shall, and you said this, Paul said this, Lord. You said, but my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. Praise God. That means my bills are paid. That means I've got money in the bank. That means i got cash. Praise God. Like Pastor preached uh, last week. We've got money. Praise God. We've got more than enough, not only to meet our needs, but Father, to be a blessing to others. Lord, you sent Abraham and you said, I'll bless you and you'll be a blessing. The blessing of Abraham is upon us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, hallelujah. So Father, we're placing a demand upon these things. Hallelujah. Satan, we serve you notice. You foul devil, you don't own us. You're not Lord over us. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth in the name of Jesus. I command the, store, the the blessing upon my storehouses. You said, Father God, that I'd be the head and not the tail. I'd be above only and not beneath. You said, Father God, everything I set my hands to do would be blessed. That I'd be blessed in the city. I'd be blessed in the field. My covenant store is blessed, praise God. You said, my enemies that come out against me one way have to flee before me seven ways, Ho ho ho! Praise God, hallelujah! I see victory on every side, Lord. Hallelujah! When the enemy comes against me to eat up my flesh, he stumbles and falls. Praise God! Throwing host and camp around about me, in this I will be sure of that God. You will always lead me in line with victory. Hallelujah! I will not be defeated. I will not take no for an answer. I will not quit. And I will not be denied. Every promise in the Scriptures is mine, praise God. Because, Father, You said that I could have them. So, Lord, whatever the need is, Lord, we're placing a demand upon that right now. Hallelujah. If it's finances, we place a demand upon that right now. Amen. Now, Lord, we know we've got to be obedient. Amen. We can't expect the blessings of God if we're not tithing and giving. Hallelujah. So, Father, if that's an area that we have not been obedient in, Lord, we fix that right now in the name of Jesus. And we ask You, Lord, to forgive us. Lord, I commit, I pledge, I consecrate. I surrender right now to be a tither. 10% 10% off the top. Amen. Now, Father, when I put that 10% in the, in the tithe envelope and drop it into the offering plate, Father, in the name of Jesus, miraculously, powerfully, you're going to take the 90% less that is left and cause it to produce to 100 hundred and hundred and ten 110%. I believe that, Father. I trust your word on that. I stand upon that promise, Father, in the name of Jesus. Every need met. Every need met. Father, I have a child, a wavered child. Oh, yes, Lord. I've been praying for that child for a long, long time. Lord, I'm putting placing a demand upon right now upon the promise of God that you said not only would you save me, but you'd save my house. Lord, I've messed up. I've made some mistakes, but Lord, I ask you to forgive me now in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, I turn my prayers towards my son or my daughter. Amen. I think it's more of a daughter than a son. I, pray, I, I place my faith, my hand upon that daughter And that son. And Father God, I believe right now in the name of Jesus that they're turning around. Lord, that you're giving them a supernatural turnaround, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not back off of this. I don't care what I see with my eyes. I don't live by the sight of my eyes. I live by what I I believe in my heart and I believe God. That daughter's coming home. That son's making a turnaround, praise God. He's going to be a blessing, not a cursing. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, if, if, if that's something that's on your heart, I just want you to raise your hands right now and just start thanking God for it. Nobody has to hear what you have to say. That's none of their business. It's just between you and God. Amen. I just believe that, Father. I believe it. I believe it. Lord, we got a Awood brother. Oh, I tell you what, he's stout against the things of God, but he'll not leave this earth. Without having made Jesus Christ, Savior and Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we believe that. We've entered into agreement with it. That's exactly the way it's going to be, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, Your hand is upon Him for good and not for evil. Thank You, Lord Jesus. Thank You, Lord Jesus. Thank You, Lord Jesus. Thank You, Lord Jesus. Well, praise God. Let's just continue to pray and worship God. Hallelujah thank you father we thank you father we thank you father oh decisions decisions i've got decisions to make my 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 i've got decisions to make and i don't know which road to take i don't but father i'm placing these things into your hands amen lord you said in your word be careful for nothing But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So Father, I'm requesting in the name of Jesus. I know the Holy Ghost is going to speak to me. I know He's going to show me. He's going to direct me. And what's the right decision to make? Hallelujah. Father, it may be in a dream. It may be when I first wake up in the morning. It may be when I spend time concerning these things and the Word of God, Father, you're going to show me just exactly, just exactly what I'm supposed to do. Now, Father, when you do that, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it. By faith, I'm going to do it. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, we always go to the Word of God when we have a decision to make. We always spend time praying, praying in the Holy Ghost when we got a decision to make. The worst thing we can do is make a decision out of fear or make a decision because somebody is expecting to hear from us. 99.9% of the time, it's make, we make the wrong decision. Amen. That's where waiting on God is very beneficial. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. We just enter into our prayer closet. And we spend time praying. And we don't get off of it. We don't let our mind drift away from it. We just stay on it. Stay on that path. Stay on that path. Father, I know you're going to show me. I know you're going to show me. I know you're going to show me. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 And as you walk in the path, says the Lord, in the path that I have prescribed, in the path that's laid out with the Word of God, a path that's being led by the Spirit of God, fruit will come to pass. Fruit that endures unto eternal life. Yes, and joy too. Praise God. Joy too. Amen. Father, one Lord, when was the last time I really had joy? I've had all these things coming against me warring against my mind. Lord, I, I just can't remember the last time I was actually where joy just overtook me and I began to dance and to shout and to sing. hallelujah. Father, I want to get back to that. Amen. So I'm going to my prayer closet. I'm making a demand for something that is due. Lord, you said in your word, it's the joy of the Lord that is our strength. You said, Father God, with joy, we'll draw water out of the wells of salvation. Hallelujah. You said, Father, my joy would be full. So Lord, I'm looking past all of these circumstances. I'm just going to move them to the side. I'm going to spend my time. I'm going to go into my prayer chamber and I'm just going to spend time worshiping you. I'm not going to ask you for anything. I'm just coming into your presence. I'm just going to worship you. Why? Because you are God and you love me. You sent your son for me. He died on the cross for me. You demonstrated your love for me, Father. Hallelujah. And I know, Lord, that you're committed. You're more committed to me than I am to you. Hallelujah, that's just how much you love me in spite of myself. (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah. You smile on me, Lord. Let's just say that together. Just say, Lord, you're smiling on me tonight. You're smiling on me. Praise God. You're pleased with me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Find the Word of God find where in the Word of God that promises you the things that you desire. Do that. Burn the midnight oil if you have to. Doesn't matter how long it takes you. Once you find what the Word of God has to say, just feed on it over and over and over. Feed on it. Amen. How many eat three meals a day? How many eat three meals a day and don't count the meals in between? Well, listen, if you can feed your body three square meals a day and a little bit more besides, what benefit would it be to you if you did that same thing with the Word of God in prayer? What would you be? What would the church be? Just think about it. If we just took 10% of our day, I know everybody works. I know you work 8 to to 4, 9 to 5. Some people work much, much more than that. (laughs) But if we just committed, if we just tied to the Lord 10% of our day and prayed in the Holy Ghost, what do you think would happen? Tell me, what do you think would happen? My, 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 my. I believe Azusa Street would break out all over again. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's commit these things to God. Let's consecrate ourselves to do these things. And let's stay with it. Amen. Let's not just try it for three days and then it gets old to us and we go on to something else. No, let's just stay with it. Amen. I remember Brother Hagin say, you know, he'd start praying out in the Holy Ghost. He'd pray for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And then he said, now, this is towards the end of his life. He says, now I can pray in the Holy Ghost. And get to that place in the very beginning, right now, in ten minutes. Praise God. How would we like to experience that? Well, it takes discipline. It takes working it. Praise God. Amen? Praise God. Father God, we just thank You. We just bless everyone within the sound of my voice. Now, Father, we thank You for the love of God and for the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the communion of the Holy Ghost that's with us now and forever. Amen. Raise your other hand and just shout unto God with a voice of triumph, Amen, amen, amen. I've got it. Say that. I've got it. I've got it. Amen. Praise the Lord.